You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you a casual conversation on the shows, films, concerts, and music that we see, listen to, and observe throughout our careers. Today's conversation may feature some spoilers on the entertainment that we are about to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, it is Friday, March 10th. 2023. Yes. And we have some fun things to talk about, but we're going to go over to Mr. Richard and uh, talk about some Broadway. So what did we see last night? So we literally saw this last night and we're talking about it today. It's Bob Fosse's Dancing. Dancing. Every time we say dancing, we have to inflect, do the inflection on the dance. Dancing. (laughs) Um, And wow, what a night this was. What an amazing show. I just wanted to talk a little bit about some background on this. This is playing at the Music Box Theater on Broadway right now. Bob Fosse's Dancing original production was created, directed, and choreographed by Bob Fosse. Mm -hmm. Uh, From 1978 to 1982 was the original run. It ran well over 1,000 performances. It ran for four years. Yeah, really impressive run. Um, This is the first revival of this with direction and musical staging by Wayne Salento. Wayne Salento's original cast member of Danson, an amazing choreographer as well. I believe he's an original cast member of Chorus Line as well. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of history there. Um, a lot of dancing. <laughs> a lot of dancing, yes. Um, and this was at the Old Globe out of town last year. Now it's here on Broadway. We are one of the first people to have seen this. It just started, I think, about a week ago, mm. um, which is really exciting. And uh, what a night this was. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, musical reviews, we don't see those too often on Broadway mm-hmm. or in general. We de- we see dance pieces. I feel like we see like the Rockettes and that's like a dance piece review kind of. That's the, maybe the most comparable, staple. very different style of dance, but right. something where it's like number after number after number. But what did you think of and this? And a staple show of like people just yeah, dancing. Right, right. So I... I didn't really know what to expect going yeah. into this show because I I'm, I'm never really sure what to think about a dance review show or just a dance show in general, probably with no plot. So I kind of went in with no expectations to this show at all. Mm-hmm. And I will say something though: I love Bob Fosse mm-hmm. choreo. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think it's some of the best choreo. It's the most iconic choreo out there, and I was really moved Mm -hmm. by this show. Mm -hmm. There's so much storytelling through the dance alone of his choreography that I'm like, you don't even need a full plot in the musical. And I was just like captivated the whole time in this show. I don't know. What did you feel? Definitely. The, the, the body language of the dancing is speaking and telling the story. Mm -hmm. Were there moments of singing and some dialogue scattered throughout? Yeah. And I just love that it was sprinkled in and that Mm -hmm. this dance told the story. And each song, I don't know, I was sitting there, I was like, wow, this is, I could think of 4,000 different plots that they're trying to tell right now through what they're wearing, through how they're interacting with each other. It was just beautiful. I thought the way the projections and the lights and the scenery all worked well together with the automated moving scenery pieces, it flowed. Everything flowed together so nicely. The live orchestra was amazing. Mm -hmm. I will say I wish we saw them. 
The music is so integral and important, and we see so many shows today where the orchestra is seen, yeah. especially jukebox shows where it's like all about the music. To me, I just wish we had seen them. There was a video monitor. I saw the conductor on the video monitor on the back. I don't know where they were, maybe down below, but I didn't see a conductor's head pop in baton. Do you so, think they were on the side? I don't know. The, the drummer was featured in Sing, 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 which is awesome because, I mean, that's such an amazing drum part. But I just kind of wish we saw them because they were so yeah. great. Well, it makes sense, I think, why we saw the drummer at some point. So much of his moves and, like, hit points are based on when the yeah. drum oh, hits. Yeah. Oh, for So it, it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, on why we got to see him during that. And he, bravo to him, because I was watching him at some mm-hmm. points, and I, so it almost was a distraction, but not. No, it was, it was part of the, that song is so iconic, right? And mm-hmm. it's so a part, right? So you need to be, you watching that, and you're like, wow, he's going, and he's yeah. just grooving. Um, I was really appreciative overall of the different styles and homages to Bob Fosse's legacy there were. Mm-hmm. There was the modern... I loved some of the modern numbers. The techno-y element of the music. It was like, if Bob was around today, what would he be choreographing? Yeah. And it was like his style, but just modernized a little bit. And then we saw the soft shoe tap. Mm-hmm. And we saw the straw hat numbers. And we uh, and the top hat numbers. And the suits and gowns style dancing. And that's Bob's from the 40s and 50s, where he started with pajama game and damn Yankees. Like mm-hmm. that's his OG stuff. If you know steam heat from damn Yankees, steam. It's like he started with that pajama well, I was game. Trying Everyone to... thinks that pajama game is like, Oh, this old show, but no, that's Bob Fosse's o- origination, you know? Right. And, uh, and Gwen just... met with him on damn mm-hmm. Yankees and that, you know, I don't yes. know. I just love how they did an homage. Well, something. one thing I was trying to think back to when we watched Fosse Burden and did they talk about this show at all? In that? I, I don't know if they did vaguely. They talked a lot about his film, all that jazz, and they talked about Chicago and cabaret. And right, but charity. I was trying to th- I was trying to think back towards the end of that show if they started talking about him creating this like they legacy might, show. They might have because he passed away, I believe, in the um, mid eighties. So this was before he passed right. away. Well, so they he might have part talked about it because I know that show ended with him passing away. Right. And so. this, just taking moments of his life, I mean, it's like, it's funny that they say in the beginning, like, okay, there's no plot to this show, but there is so much of a plot to this show because it's his life. Yeah. And you it's know, what you it's make a different, it. it's but a, it's like a different take in like this, mm. you know, biopic jukebox musical yeah. type thing. This is more like, him telling the story of yeah. all of his moments in a timeline of mm-hmm. – and the different parts. You see Chicago choreo and you see, um, like you said, damn Yankees. Sweet charity. Sweet charity. I mean, oh. The rich man's frug moments. The mm-hmm. – the, um, um, hey, big spender moment. Oh, and I wish that was longer. It's like I think it was like if I had to choose my favorite Fosse number ever, it might be Big Spender. Yeah, and I know like Chicago has so many great moments in Cabaret. He's got some, but there is something iconic about that bar and those women on the bar. You know, in that number. But, but there's just something so iconic about the way that he can have an ensemble of people, and each one of them is playing such an amazing role yeah. in the number that they're yeah. in. And yes. There are showcase moments in each piece, but all in all, they always end up coming back together in a group, Mm -hmm. and then they start hitting those Fosse moments. It's like, boom, 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 and then 
Now they're back together. Yeah, right. Well, it's the it, it's the clumps they make yes. and then the lines they make and back to the clump. It was also, and I have to do a shout out to Colton Krauss. I was blown away. I mean, everyone in this was just so amazing. But Colton Krauss, in that cabaret number with the boa and the dancing and the chairs, and that they just took us on a journey. I was like, oh my gosh. But there's something about chairography with Fosse and Cabaret, like how he just took chairs and put humans on chairs and right. made them look. I, but I was blown away by Colton Krause. I was blown away by so many people in this show. So many things. But I I had I turned to you at one point, okay, mm. and I'm, I'm sitting here. And it's literally right after Mr. Bo, Bojangles, oh, yeah, which I was like that. what the second number in the show. And yeah. I said to you, why was that one of the most moving things that yeah. I've seen on Broadway this season? Yeah. I was so touched by it. I was like, there's so much from the singing to the storytelling to the actual movement. Yep. I love his side-by-side choreo that he does. When you have one person who's like the main uh, focus and then all of a sudden someone comes in and joins and they're so clean. It's, yeah, so, it's clean so clean and crisp and polished. He also has these scattered male-male-female trios throughout his pieces and they move so well together. Yeah. There was this amazing mix of of ethnicities and genders and body types throughout this whole thing too. I really like the feel of all of that. Mm. Uh, I just it just felt like it flowed. I couldn't believe that intermission came. Like wait, wait act one's over already. Yeah. Like I've never seen something flow like that. Um, what were your other favorite favorite moments? I mean, Mr. Bojangles for sure, right? That's well. Basically, all of Act One I thought was really solid. Yeah, the big city, big spender moment I had, yeah. I had written down, written, I really liked. I liked the bookstore with the Pippin homage. That was really yeah. great. Well, that whole ending, the the whole ending to Act One, where he's coming through New York City and yeah. he's going through the different like yeah. iconic moments mm-hmm. of Bob Fosse's career, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I thought Act Two got a little clunky at times. I lo- I loved the opening. Opening is oh, great. and actually going back to the end of Act One, the Dancing Man song, they were all in the suits and the hats. Yeah. That was great. Act One closer, Act Two opener were great for me. Solid. And the sing, sing, sing was like twenty minutes, and that was just amazing. I did like the female star spot moment with the stools. Oh, I thought that yeah. was just so great. I, it was a very a little bit of a throwback to like Selva Tango and like hey, they, um, they were almost gonna do the song from Charity, and they're like, we couldn't get the rights to it. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> the, I've got there's got to be something better than this. You know that song. Yeah. I love that number. Um, and then the America homage, the or the the motif of just the 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 all the songs of America. Yeah. I thought that was interesting to me. There was something to me about it that was like, they're all dressed in black. They're singing these patriotic songs that usually you associate with like fireworks and excitement. And like, and there were fireworks and excitement in the orchestrations, but then they stood very still. Mm-hmm. And then there were quotes showing up from all different backgrounds of American history. It was like this feeling of like. I don't, it got a little political and it got a little like, okay, you walk away from this. What does Yankee Doodle Dandy mean to you now? Mm, yeah. And what did it mean to people a hundred years ago? What did it mean to people of the North, the Yankees, right? Right. Uh, and then 200 years ago. And what does it mean now? And how does that song still stand? They're putting it in the show still. So they're still using something like that. And why? And I don't think it needs to be extremely clear. I think you as an audience should walk away saying, I loved it. I didn't like it. I like that they left it ambiguous. I, it was I just an was, interesting moment. For me, that was probably the most mid part to mm-hmm. the show where I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. If it was in there, it was in there. If it yeah. wasn't, I wouldn't have missed it. It mm-hmm. was just like, you know, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. I also thought like maybe the closing of the show, I was kind of just left there like saying, oh, that's it? Well, the epilogue <laughs> moment that she had a little monologue, I thought it was nice, but it was almost 
not rushed, but it was quick. And then it blacked out. I was like, oh, wait, it's over. And now here's the cast yeah, of Dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I, I, lo- I, did, I did, as an audience member, we didn't really know, like, when it was ended. Our, yeah. I think we needed more of a moment a that w- it was like, boom, and blackout. Right. We're done. And we didn't really have that moment to process. Like, okay, that was over. And now, you know, they're all going to come out in the famous way of, you know, let's showcase each dancer. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah. I didn't know if I should stand. And I did, <laughs> Well, and I also like that each dancer was, their name showed up on the projection and they were announced and, and singled out. They all right. deserved that because they all had solo moments and duet moments at some point. And I thought right. that was really great. Um, really, really great. Also, I'm just going to throw this really quick out there. If any of you were checking out our Instagram, we're doing a new thing now. We've got a lot of new shows coming up, concerts too, and shows. We're going to be go- trying to go live for a couple minutes yeah. after we get out of a show or a concert, just to give you a quick on the aisle, on the street thought review. It's just because so many people will ask us all the time, what do you think? What do you think? And sometimes it takes us a couple days to get our podcast out. Right. So we think we'll give you a th- two or three minute quick chat on Instagram live. So if you want to know when we're seeing shows, when we're going live, the best place to get those updates is our Instagram at half hour podcast. So if you're listening, no matter where you are in the world, check out our Instagram handle at half hour podcast. You're going to get, find out when we're going live. We'll get some posts. We'll get some on the aisle, on the street thoughts of the show as we're literally walking out of the theater. Some people really like that. So if we're going to incorporate that a little bit more. Too bad we didn't do that after Bad Cinderella. Oh, uh, well, Bad Cinderella is coming, and we have uh, notes and thoughts and all <laughs> that. So we'll get to that in, in a few weeks. But I do want to have my final thought yeah. on Bob Fosse here. And I would say this, that Bob Fosse's choreo is just so iconic. There's, like, no other word really to describe that. But, you know, it's so clean. It's so polished. It's sexy. And his choreo just understands the body that is dancing the moves. Yes. And I don't always see that on Broadway today. And sometimes it's like, let's just put dancing up on the stage and hopefully it's great. And this is just so thought out. And I praise him on that. Sometimes shows are over choreographed. And Mm -hmm. I feel like he always knew how to pull it in and put it out and pull it in and put it out with the bodies of the people, with the energy and what's subdued and what's big and what's, and I just, yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. He's a master. Well, there's something about that. When you look at each number, and when someone comes on the stage, it's not like, oh, okay, they're they're taking that mm-hmm. moment now. No, they're joining the mm-hmm. moment. And that's what I highly love and can watch. And, yeah. you know, it was just amazing. Yeah. So. Great stuff. Everyone really try to check this out if you can, if you're in New York. Bob Fosse's dancing on Broadway, the Music Box Theater. We mm-hmm. really loved it. Loved it. Yay. We're moving on to pop now because another big moment today. We had a big album come out. Big album. Yeah. Definitely a highly anticipated album in the pop world. Miss Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. also known as Hannah Montana. <laughs> Hannah! <laughs> uh, Miss Miley Cyrus is back today with her eighth studio album. Uh, Endless Summer Vacation. This is Miley's first album after leaving her contract with RCA Records. Mm. And it's her first album with Columbia Records. Okay. So I'm going to start here by saying that Miley Cyrus's Endless Summer Vacation is definitely some of her best work, Uh lyrically and conceptually. Mm. Uh, And I'm also very happy with this pop star that Miley Cyrus has really evolved into. 
So that's kind of just like my initial feelings of listening to this album and kind of just processing this whole thing. But I need to know your thoughts on Miley. I love this. I really do. There's a story. There's an there's a mood. Endless summer vacation. How many of us wish summer could go on forever, especially a summer vacation and be endless like that? The vibes that she's saying, the things she's saying. I love that it starts with flowers. Mm -hmm. I really like the escapism feel of it. It's very escapism. It's, but it's not like in your face screaming all these profanities like her last one, which I, I, I didn't really like that she went from like squeaky clean Disney girl to like, over the top sexual innuendo. I I know that was like her breakout moment with Wrecking Ball. I feel like that's like that. so many albums ago. I though. know, and now I feel like she's just gotten to a nice place of like she's mature, but she's edgy and she's smart. I, I liked it. I real River, great, love that. Um, Island, Vi- um, Violet Chemistry's okay. I know that was on one. I, that's got to grow on me a little bit. That one. Yeah. I put an F for that. But I will say something. This is also very Elton John, Billy Joel. There's, if you're listening, all you music people out there, if you're listening to the chords yeah. and the piano and how some of those chords, are moving, it's very Billy Joel's like Vienna. It's very like you mm-hmm. is so like Elton or Billy at the piano. Right. I feel like she mirrored some little Carol King esque kind of sit at the piano. I, I, I kind of picture that. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I love the subduedness of that. Yeah. Well, you know, she's 30 years old now. Yeah. Which is crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. Because, like, we've grown up with her and yeah. we've watched her become, like, Disney Channel superstar to, like, break that mold, which they all almost end up doing. Yeah. And now she's really just kind of going into her artistry here. And I have to say, I love, I just love that sound. For me, yes, there are some great standout songs and lyrics on this album. Like, you just, when you write a lyric like this, I don't need Jesus because, baby, you saved me. Mm. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. Did she, write, did she write all this? Or some well, of it? Well, there's co-writers yeah, on it. So right. it's not like she's the only person right. that's writ- right. writing on the album. But she is. She wrote on every song. Yeah. And so, she's and she sounds And she's good. produced the album as well. Yeah. I think her vocals sound good, too. She has a nice sound. I like the acoustic flowers. Because that's a different take on that song. Yeah, the demo. The demo, yeah. Just like really knowing that pain. You know, after Liam Hemsworth... And coming up with flowers and the whole story behind that video and song and mm. just needing to escape that marriage yeah. that she was in. Yeah. It's the perfect opening to this album. And then you kind of listen to each song after and you say, oh, okay, she she was really in love with him. Mm. And now she had to break away from that right. on certain songs. And then she, okay, so this other song really stands out for me. It's Island. And mm. she writes in the lyrics here, I am... Am I stranded on an island or have I landed in paradise? It's all about perspective, right? So she is escaping this past in these lyrics in this song. And she's on her new journey. But she wants – does she want to go back? I don't know. To me, I'm like, wow, okay. She's giving me chills in this song because I'm like, okay. She wants to. But then she's also like, wait, or am I happy here? Am I stranded here or am I happy here? Yeah, and Flowers kind of talks a little bit about that, too. I can buy myself flowers. You know, there's an independence that she feels. Yeah, it's definitely like a redemption period of her life where I'm taking back who I am as an artist. I'm taking back my sound. I'm taking back me. I want to be a little bit of a rebel still and enjoy my life. But also, like, I know how to hone that in. And 
going to the song River now, which is the new single that came out yeah. today with the album, what do you think of River as the follow-up to Flowers? Is it going to live up? What do you know. think about the aesthetic as the video? I liked the song. I thought it was nice. I liked the Flowers video better. Yeah. The River video is very just like her dancing with all these guys, and I'm like, okay, what are you trying to say? You're like a river, but I don't know. It was okay. Well, she's not the river. Who's no, she I, singing the guy, about? The I know. He's the but river. I feel like there's moments in the song where just looking at the camera and dancing, yeah. I don't really understand that with music videos all the time. I like when there's a little bit more of a story. Well, Flowers definitely told yeah, the story, yeah. and everyone fell in love with well, right. in love with that story, but everyone like found the Easter egg to that whole yeah. story here. But I do think, yeah, her going and leaving, it's like divorce in Flowers to now, what, she's in the club. Right. Being her. Right. Powerful in a dress. This is me. This is me as Miley Cyrus now. And yeah, she's dancing around hot guys. And it looked like some girls too. But, uh, yeah. you know. Um, All I, good stuff. I think this is great. I think this is going to go pretty far for her. Oh, yeah. This could even potentially, potentially be a uh, nomination for her. Yeah, sure. Grammys oh, yeah. For writing and overall production and pop album. Yeah. We'll see. We'll but, see. Wow, nice, Miley Cyrus. Great job with that. I'm going to keep listening to that. Really and she like needs that. to tour this album because we will be going yes, back. We, we haven't been back since the Banger Store, yeah, which that was, that was a wild ride. Oh, <laughs> my God. With the hot dog on the – flying on the hot dog, right? Was that what it was? Yeah. Funny story about that. He, he gets me tickets to see this Bangers tour. The first one was canceled. So then we had tickets to go again. And we go and we took the train out to Long Island. And it was a wild ride because... Yes, I remember Do you remember that. this that now? Like a long time ago, right? It was like 10, well, yeah. 10, 9 years ago, something like that. It was right when we... St- I think it was like 9 years ago. 8 or 9 years yeah. ago, yeah. And we're there and we're just... I. This is when he's like, oh, my God, she left the Disney camp because she's riding around on a hot dog. I was like, and oh, she, my they're God, all, I was blown away. Was and like, all of these are, things are happening. It was just a fun time. Yeah, it was that a was fun, fun time bringing Richie into the pop world. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, Oh, my gosh. Well, good things there. Great pop stuff. We're going to get to pop music drop in a little bit. But for, first, before we do that, we have uh, Broadway news. A uh, little quick, going back to Broadway for a second. Back to um, A Doll's House that we had talked about last week, if those of you um, have seen it yet or want to know our thoughts, we that was our last week's podcast episode, Jessica Chastain in the Broadway revival of A Doll's House. Great production. Um, the reviews came out last night, opening night, mostly stellar reviews. New York Times gives it a critic's pick. Mm. Um, and I want to read you the last paragraph of the New York Times review and get mm. your thoughts on this. It was a mostly stellar review. It mostly... Talked about how wonderful this very stripped-down production was, which we had talked about last week, really enjoying that, yeah. too. And it's a rewrite, right? It's definitely rewritten in a way. Um, and, and as you know, and as a lot of you know, A Doll's House is not originally written in English. Okay. So it, um, and I'm just going to read you exactly what I believe it was Jesse Green of the New York Times said. He said, quote, It's worth noting that linguists generally translate Ibsen's title, Et Duckham, as A Doll's House. Sorry. A doll house instead of a doll's house. Mm. The prison isn't just Nora's. She and Torvald are equally trapped in it. My only real quibble with this compelling, surgically precise revival is that it doesn't seem to be interested in preserving that unity, in keeping our sympathy for both characters as balanced as Ibsen evidently intended. When the astonishing curtain coup finally comes, you should feel his loss no less than her liberation, end quote. And I'm just curious to know, 
not to talk too much about Doll's House here, but do you agree that A, that was Ibsen's original intent, and that B, that original intent is lost in this translation, and it's only about her at the end? Mm, well, whether it was his original intent or not, I do think it's still meant to be interpreted the way that you received the text or received the production. So I I didn't need it. I didn't want to feel bad for him. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, right. And I only felt bad for her. But I always feel like in the originals in the movie too, I always only felt bad for her. So it's interesting that in Jesse Green here is saying that there's a she and Torvald are equally trapped in it. Yes, well, maybe he might he, feel trapped in his home in some way. Not nearly as much as she does, though, I wouldn't think. Well, I do. Th- he's trapped. Yeah. He's trapped in having to protect her. He's trapped in having to come up with some sort of scenario to um, save his name. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't want to feel bad yeah. for that. And her literal removal from the space to leave and escape and her liberation there. Yeah. I felt, yeah, it was more about her. It should really be about her at the end, I think. So it was interesting that he had just said that was his only real quibble with it, I thought. But everyone else thought. And I just didn't know what you thought of that. But overall, the New York Times did give it a really, really nice, good review. So. Well, it was a great production. And yeah. also, I think that this was a production done, correct me if I'm wrong, in a different style than traditionally done. So didn't they rewrite it? Well, there was for- more rewrite. It also runs usually about three hours. This ran two hours. A lot of text was trimmed down and edited, and the basic plot is still there. But, but didn't they write it for Nora to have? Yeah, a it was more, more of a female moment. perspective and Nora's perspective. I yeah, believe. yeah, and, and so, that's what this production does. Right. So I'm not supposed to miss the Torvald moments or feel bad for right. Him. If we were just doing a standard revival of the Ibsen play, yeah, with a big house and gowns and suits and everything, yeah, sure, but. Right. right. But then it's interesting how in the beginning they project the year, yeah. 18, you know, to remind you what year it was, right? So I think that was interesting. Anyway, there's the Broadway updates and news. Lots of good shows between Doll's House and Dancing. We're already just like really just loving everything that's been coming. So Which something Almost right before, <laughs> lots of things coming in Broadway, yeah. but let's also talk about one thing that was shown today. The renovations that they did to the Broadway theater for Here, they're, Lies, they're Here Lies Love. They're doing it right now. Yeah, Here Lies Love. They're and we that. saw them and it looks. Yeah, you all really got to get your tickets for July, June, July when that starts. It's going to be, looks amazing. It looks amazing. It looks like they're taking what worked off Broadway and translating it to a bigger commercial space. Oh, um, maybe how K-pop K-pop should have done Because when we did K-pop episode, we talked about how that did not mirror what clearly seemed to work off Broadway and then didn't work off. Yeah. You got to be smart with what's working, what's not working sometimes, you know? So Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Alrighty, wrapping up here with some pop music drop time. News, tunes today. Pop music drop of March 10th. Uh, We're going to go with Miley Cyrus first and River. Love it. Bop. Bop. I really love the whole album. This song, too. Easy Bop. Easy Bop. Up next, we have K-pop group Twice and Set Me Free. Bop. Really love this. This is a great song. I'm feeling the energy. I was listening to this, and I think there might be a Michael Jackson sample in this song. We're going to go back and listen to this, but I think there might be. Nice. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, May Muller, I wrote a song. Bop. Love this. Love this. Really felt this. I'm liking the songs today. I'm liking them. Okay, up next we have Becky G and Aranka. Yes, love this. It's got such a good vibe. I was dancing. Dance? I know, dance. I love dancing to it. It was great. 
I don't always sh- share a lot of Latin music because sometimes like I want to know what they're saying mm. and I don't know Spanish. But when something just has a groove, definitely you just got to dance. Yeah, you just got dan- dancing. Dance. <laughs> That's the theme. Dancing. Dancing. Uh, Calvin Harris and Ellie Golding Miracle. Bob, love this. Really, really enjoyed this. But this one shocked me because this is like taking us back to like Dance Dance Revolution yeah. days. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can feel like moving my little feet, tapping my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Really love it. And then lastly, Christine and the Queens, to be honest. This one, I hate to end on a not Bob streak, but I'm not really feeling this. I tried it. It's too lackluster for me. It's a little like... All right. I just wasn't feeling it as much. Maybe the fans will. Maybe you will. Fans, yeah. let us know. Let Do you us like know. The, am I six for six this week? You're or not. Am You're I five for six. six. Sometimes you've been six for six. Not today, unfortunately. For me, anyway. <laughs> okay. And there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh. We're out of time already. Oh, oh wow. time's flying. You know, a half hour goes real fast. It does. It does. We get it all in. It goes real fast when you're having fun. Yes. Right. Well, thank you all for listening. We hope you had enjoyed this podcast. So please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify and Apple Music. And join in on our conversation at Half Hour Podcast on our TikTok and Instagram account because we would love to hear from yeah. you. And don't forget, we will be coming up with live videos and... Things at all of the shows that we're going to now. We so some. definitely follow our Instagram account because that's where it's all going. TikTok to and Reels and Instagram is where we're going to be trying to put some more video content out for y'all. Um, I, I we love that you all come to the podcast and listen to our full review and recap. We're trying to give you a little more on-site moments yeah. of being there in the moment, some thoughts and things like that. So we're going to do our on-the-street reviews. On the street, yes. <laughs> and we have a show, um, I think, almost every week now. So yeah. there's new stuff. We're getting into these theaters, these new shows, letting you all know what to think of the new new season so stuff. and concert coming up we're betty gonna who? do it for betty who betty tomorrow who? so we're gonna have if you check our instagram out tomorrow we'll try to go live for a couple minutes after betty who and bob hop on and let you know what we thought of her we've seen her already this is a new tour we love her so Big. exciting yes all right great well thank you again and we're signing off for now i'm richie and i'm jeff saying ta-ta bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.